Welcome to Feminists Without Mystique, a podcast where we process politics, sex, and the unrelenting firehose of bullshit in the news through an unapologetically feminist lens. Each week we begin by venting about the news, go deep on one important issue, call out terrible things happening below the top headlines in a segment called We See You, and then we'll end with something hopeful. And just a reminder, if you're enjoying us, to rate, review, subscribe us, recommend us. It really helps other people discover us. Um, one review that we really loved was a five-star review called Hello from NRI Women Podcast um, from Nenora Brookshire. And she said, had a great time listening to this podcast. For someone who is not into politics, this was actually entertaining and informational. Keep up the great content. I will definitely come back for more. All the best. Warmly, Bettina and Nenora. Thank you, guys. Thanks. That's lovely. Um, Yeah, and if you're enjoying us, follow us on the social medias, um, FWM Podcast on Twitter and Facebook, and Feminists Without Mystique on Instagram. And if you want to support us on Ko-fi, K-O-F-I, you can search Feminists Without Mystique and throw us a few dollars. It'll help us with hardware or software or our website revamp that we're very excited about. Uh, but yeah, um, check us out on all the things and email us. We're at feminist without mystique, uh, at gmail.com. That's us. Wow. 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 <laughs> wowie, wowie, zowie. We are, uh, together. We're together. <laughs> we are together in person for the first time recording in person since, um, before little old Kobe Kobe Coves became a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty cray. Still not. We're still going to be recording separately. Yeah. For, most of the... For question mark ever. <laughs> but we have this beautiful... Um, this beautiful little reunion. We're at a lake house um, lurking. We are. We're lurking. It's pretty great. Um, it's stressful circumstances because uh, my boyfriend is taking the bar exam. Eek. Eek. Um, and uh, because it's remote, as with lots of things in this COVID world, mm-hmm. um, we decided it would be best if I were not there <laughs> <laughs> for those couple of days. Um, and uh, so Aaron and I are having a friendship uh little friendship work remote. Girls trip. <laughs> Girls trip. So lovely. Delightful. Uh, um, yeah. Speaking of COVID, <laughs> and maybe not seeing each other again for a while, oh, um, the CDC today came out with the um, recommendation that even vaccinated people who are in areas with substantial to high um, spread of COVID should be wearing their masks indoors in public places, which wasn't a surprise to me. I don't think it's a surprise to people who have been following people like me who have been following this <laughs> like you in public health <laughs> you know but i don't think it's a surprise to anyone who's been like looking at the numbers with the delta variant mm-hmm. and um you know uh, i think it's a good call um we live in a county with substantial spread at this point mm-hmm. um so although i've been masking in the grocery store and stuff this whole time because I just, mm. mm-hmm. and people are like, well, but I'm vaccinated. So like, what's the point? Mm. Yeah. Well, babies, um, <laughs> the point is not everyone can be vaccinated. Um, mm-hmm. And we're seeing, we're still waiting on data, but we do know that the Delta variant is um, something that is easier to get when you're vaccinated than the regular version, COVID light. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, drastically drastically less in terms of like 
actually getting sick with it or being hospitalized. Like 90, depending on where you are, 92 to 97% of hospitalized people with COVID are unvaccinated. Um, however, people that are vaccinated are getting it more, spreading it around. We've got kids. Um, anecdotally, a friend of mine, her niece is five months old, is in the ICU with COVID because mm. um, her, her mom's a healthcare worker who was vaccinated. But here we are. So, um, you know, school's opening up in the fall and with these COVID just like up and up and up and up and up with the Delta variant, which replicates a thousand times faster in your body and is way more transmissible, is uh, deadlier, more severe. Um, these That's why these restrictions are getting put back on us. Um, I think it's a good thing. I mean, we all want to be maskless and and all that, you know, I had so many beautiful lipsticks years ago. Yeah. <laughs> so tragic. Tragic. But um, this is definitely in the best interests of fellow, our fellow man. Um, none of us want to wear masks, but it's the right thing to do. So put your masks back on when you're anywhere where you don't know, any public place really, where you're inside. Um, and we'll see how this goes. There were some there was some modeling and some projections done that without any new interventions that October would look a lot like last winter in terms of deaths. And the high end of the realistic model was like 4,000 deaths a day in the United States. So Mm. if you're not vaccinated and you can be, do it. Like if you want to talk about it, like slide into our DMs, um, ask your primary care provider, like fucking do it. Yeah. Um, and other than that, just you know, be safe, mask up. It's not over, babies. It's not over. It's it's not. Uh, yeah, in all sincerity, if you are listening to this and you don't, you have questions, please do, uh, you know, email us or reach out on social media and we can refer you to a bunch of um public health resources mm-hmm. and people who are incredibly qualified who are who have who are basing um basing what they say on the latest math modeling mm-hmm. and science and studies that are yeah. you know the latest like data that's real things real real things the the facebook the stuff on facebook is coming from i think what like nine or ten people mostly like they're they're the people with the most po- most mm-hmm. reach and they're also spreading the most in- disinformation and facebook has been incredibly slow to like downgrade them in terms yeah. of y- algorithms and it's it's a real problem. I mean, Biden got in a little hot water for saying, mm-hmm. like, Facebook's killing people. Um, but I don't think it was so far off. He was expressing a frustration with the fact that, like, Facebook could easily disempower and deplatform mm-hmm. these people who are spreading a lot of misinformation that's leading to death. Yeah. And they're not. And people are like, free speech. It's illegal to yell fire in a crowded room if there's no fire. You know, mm-hmm. like, there are... There are situations in which you can't just say whatever the fuck you want to say. Um, And you have all these stories from, like, nurses and doctors about people. They're about to be intubated and they're asking for the vaccine. It's obviously too late at that point. Um, Then you hear stories of people who got really sick and survived or whose loved ones died because they wouldn't get vaccinated, saying, like, we thought it was a hoax. We were wrong. Please get vaccinated. Um, It's just, just do it. I'm just so nervous that it's going to, like, mutate 
to a point where it's deadly for vaccinated people as well. And then we're in a whole new, a whole new can of beans, need a new vaccine, need update. I don't know, but hopefully more people get vaccinated and we can finally be done with this, but I'm not, um, I'm not optimistic. Yeah. I mean, and how do you feel too about, um, cause people have been on Twitter. So there was a relatively prominent guy who was speaking out against the vaccine mm-hmm. and he had tweeted, I got 99 problems, but a vaccine one. Mm-hmm. And then he was intubated and died of COVID. Uh, and yeah. his Twitter was, he was kind of like, oh, I just had, you know, he was like, I had to have a tough conversation about what I would do if mm-hmm. I, you know, I may have to be innovated, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. And, um, it got written up, I think in the LA times and a lot of other places mm-hmm. and someone, t- you know, there's a lot of, a lot of people on Twitter who are like, these stories are incredibly distasteful mm-hmm. and you know, it's, it's really gross to be kind of pulling individuals and making them an example. I don't know that I a hundred percent agree because I think it's, I feel like if your tone is mocking, mm-hmm. I think that's inappropriate and mm-hmm. definitely from news outlets should be avoided. It's not cool to, yeah. but I do think it's important. I think it's one of the ways in which you can actually reach people mm-hmm. by saying this person was a, he thought the vaccine was a hoax. And I don't think that those stories are uh, inherently problematic. How do you feel about that? I don't either. I mean, I, I've seen a lot of, again, this is all anecdotal, but I've seen a lot of stories of people coming forward themselves or coming forward after their family member dies being like, we were wrong, Mm -hmm. get vaccinated. Like, I haven't seen anyone who was like, who was unvaccinated, got really sick and intubated or their loved one dies. And they're like, I stand by it, you know? Yeah. Um, And yeah, I think as long as there's not like a, a mockery to the point where their loved ones would be traumatized by it, I think it's reasonable to have these discussions about mm-hmm. like, Hey, this person thought it was a hoax and now they're dead. Yeah. Um, so, cause ultimately like those stories theoretically can help sway some people's minds. Although it's like over 30% of people who are eligible to be vaccinated are unvaccinated in this country. And 80% of them are, um, unlikely to change their minds. So, Hopefully that will change because Delta is going to be tearing through these like unvaccinated clusters throughout the country in Arkansas and, you know, there are pockets in every state and hopefully that will wake up people before it's too late. We could be looking at massive, massive scale um, death and I think anything, any messaging that could potentially help that problem is, is appropriate, you know? Yeah. Oh, man, it is it is extremely frustrating. And I think we've brought this up before, but it's like the a lot of people who last year were like herd immunity are the people who have made it impossible for us to actually reach herd immunity. Right. You need a certain (laughs) number of people to actually be immune for herd immunity. Yeah. And if a bunch of people aren't getting vaccinated, we can't actually reach herd immunity. Right. Or a certain number. We're not there. We can't get there. Herd immunity is certainly a concept. That exists. It, it's a thing that exists. <laughs> it is not really applicable in this situation because of various factors, including those people. So, shush. Right. And yeah, you're, yeah, maybe you won't die from this, but you're contributing to uh, potential mutations that might become absolutely lethal. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and you could be killing other people. Yeah. You could, like... 
long haulers. It's that's a serious yeah. thing. There are people that have serious, serious long term issues um, from COVID. Even when they're not, I think some people think long haulers. It's only if you were severely ill. Mm-hmm. It's people who are asymptomatic. It's people who had very mild symptoms too that become long haulers. It's over thirty percent of children who get COVID because mm. people look at kids and they think they're safe from mm-hmm. this, but it's like. Generally, yes, they are at less at risk for severe illness, but even then, they're still at risk for becoming long haulers. And when you think about being a kid and being, like, really ill for a long period of time, that, like, that ruin, not ruins, but that can really fuck with your developmental growth, it can mm-hmm. fuck with your mental health, um, and mental health issues, like, those are some of the issues that can happen when you're a long hauler, so mm. it's just, it's no good. And like you said, with these variants and potential for mutations who's to say that children won't be at higher risk and kids under two are already at higher risk Mm -hmm. um than older kids and we don't have the vaccine for kids yet and what if by the time we do we've got a lot of things can go sideways Mm -hmm. um and everyone eligible had gotten vaccinated you know i mean we'd still have the delta variant existing because it was happening in um, in India, and we have other variants that have come from Brazil, which is not blaming Brazilians or Indians. In Brazil, it's Bolsonaro to yeah. fucking blame, who's basically Brazilian Trump. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, the lack of, I think, something like 2% of Africa's Oof. been vaccinated. Like, we're not, that's not helping either. Like, we need to get everybody in the world who's eligible vaccinated because people travel. Um, mm-hmm. But I digress. <laughs> get vaccinated. Get vaccinated. Wear your mask. And wear your masks. I'm nervous. Like, this woman in this um, pregnancy group I'm in, she's vaccinated, and she, again, this is anecdotal, but she has pneumonia now um, from COVID because pregnancy is a higher risk. Like, it's everyone just, like, please, just please, wear your masks. Mm-hmm. Get vaccinated if you haven't. Yeah. And if you know someone who's unvaccinated and you have any pull with them pull baby like yeah it's every human like really every person does make a difference because one person getting covid the chain of transmission you know mm-hmm. we god it's like we have the tools at our disposal like just do better Ugh. for the good of the world i know all of human history has led to like you said yesterday it would be just it, it's such a tragedy that um with you know, we are the most evolved that we've ever been technologically, intellectually, mm-hmm. uh, in terms of where the science is going and all of our human knowledge and access to that knowledge. And yet there is this like level of determined ignorance. And mm-hmm. then there's that cynical fueling of that ignorance by Fox News and other cynical places where those people have all been vaccinated. Yeah, it's like uh, at Fox News specifically, it's like you're supposed to be vaccinated to be there. Yeah. Or you, you're like, you have to be doing all these COVID. Like it's uh, people, it's people. Tough. Like, people who are listening to all these, like, anti-vaxxers, it's like, most of those people are actually fucking vaccinated. They're just... Yeah. It's like a, a political money grab. Like, y'all. And frankly, this is an incredibly dark thought, but, I mean, a lot of the unvaccinated are Republicans. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is gonna be... This is a pandemic mm-hmm. for the unvaccinated, and then, like, greater than or equal to, yeah. you know, a pandemic for... Like, people who are remaining staunchly 
Yeah. It's not like, serving your interests. It's not it's not gonna be even serving your political interests. Because yeah. if you guys are dying at a higher rate over there, uh over yeah. there being I don't know, Arkansas, Alabama. <laughs> over there. Like, I mean, right now it's the middle Missouri, but it's gonna it's gonna get bad in other places just because yeah. it's there right now. Uh, yeah. The red pockets are tend <sighs> to be the unvaccinated pockets and um so it's a very foolish political strategy to kill your base. Yeah. Um, not not to mention like ethically horrendous, but right. also just like stupid. Right. If we if we if we're living in a world where people are making um, life or death decisions, really actually just more based on um, cynical political calculus mm-hmm. than just saying it's really not in your political interests. Yeah. So. So it's not in your any any kind of interest. Um, Jesus. Here we are. Here we so are. things started reopening, and I was just like, uh, it's not. Just wait for the variant. Here we are. I know. We could have had, we could have had nice things that y'all play in. We have enough, too. We have enough here in this country, so it's oh, yeah. really, it's really embarrassing. We've got plenty. Yeah. No. I don't Ugh. want it. I don't want, I don't want to be microchipped. Like, baby. Yeah. <laughs> We're not, you're not being tracked with the vaccine. Mm-mm. That's what your social media is for. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway. So, um, another thing making the rounds today was uh, Simone Biles. Lovely, yeah. wonderful. Queen Olympic, of the world. Olympic gymnast Olympic. who was taking a page out of, you know, inspiration from Naomi Osaka and saying, mm-hmm. I am going to take a, I'm withdrawing for I'm mental out. health reasons. Yeah. And I mean, it's like she made like a, a mistake in her routine, which like, she's like the best in the world. Like mm-hmm. every, she, every human is fallible. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but people coming for her for it, like so disappointed, so like outraged when it's like, let me look at your life. Let me read your life story and tell That's me. Right how perfect you are and how you never like so people were coming for her after that and she was just saying like she's not having fun this time she's feeling all kinds of pressure she's just not in a good place with her mental health and she's out and I you know I respect her for it because I think um there's this idea that these people just have to like go forth and entertain us no matter what cost to themselves and it's like yeah let her like she's like you know, she had to deal with all the Larry Nasser shit. Like, mm-hmm. let her live. She said she wouldn't want her kids to do what she's doing because of the toll it takes. Like, she's 24. Yeah. Like, <laughs> 24. You know, and the the team was able, the U.S. gymnastics team was able to get a silver medal. Um, mm-hmm. Cool. Um, <laughs> so they still got a medal. Right. Cool. Great, um, great, great, great. But yeah, it's just... We need to take mental health seriously and, you know, it seems like to be a, kind of a, a thing that with Naomi and with other people, I feel like this year with the Olympics, there's been some, um, some people expressing sort of this mental health piece and like you spoke about, I think last week, the unfairness of like the uniforms where it's like volleyball, women's team needs to wear bikinis. Yeah. <laughs> like shit like on. that where it's just like, I feel like. In some way, we have so so much more to go in terms of like progress and whatnot. But I feel like there are some like there are some like little cultural pause forward, mm-hmm. um, tiptoeings forward that at least you know people who aren't in a place where they're mentally healthy enough to compete 
cannot do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure there will be some people coming for her, but hopefully people will be supportive overall. Um, and maybe next year, yeah, maybe people can wear shorts. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, they can wear what's most comfortable for them. I know. Like, I was hoping the men's volleyball team would, like, wear bikinis and, like, a protest, you know? That would be so funny. But, um... <laughs> Just do it in Speedos. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I was hoping for. Yeah. Junk flapping in the wind. <laughs> they, didn't, they didn't do that. But I digress. Um, we support uh, you, Simone. We do. We do. And I just look forward to hopefully mental health being prioritized mm-hmm. for athletes and everyone else in the future. Yeah. And it's like people talk about her as a role model. And I think that is good role modeling, you know, mm-hmm. because other, you know, people I think a lot of times people look up to certain people and think they need to be perfect or they can't show any quote unquote weakness. Yeah. Um, and so I think having like, the best fucking gymnast in the world mm-hmm. being like, Hey, this mental health is important. It's not a weakness to, to take the time you need and to step out when you need to step out. Yeah. You know, I think that's a great, um, it's great for the children, the children of the world to see. Yeah. Uh, well, mm. <laughs> one thing that's not great for the children of the world to see, uh, Squeeze, squeeze. Squeeze, squeeze. <laughs> Brett motherfucking Kavanaugh. Bratty Brett. Him again. Him again. Him again. Brett Kavanaugh. We're so tired. To, I mean, I I would love to just never talk about him again. I would love to talk about him one more time, but it's like <laughs> what we're talking about is like, oh yeah, he was impeached or he just like, he left. Yeah. He's just over it. He's just like, <laughs> him and Squee are moving to the Caymans and he's Audi, you know, while we have a Democrat as president. Uh, yeah. Those are instances, to be fair, I'd be happy to talk about Ready Boy. You are so right. You know. You are so, so right. Let's not make these sweeping generalizations, <laughs> Maria. That would be fine. But that's not what's happening. That's not what's happening. I mean, he first kind of came back into our lives uh, this week, last week, again, not sure what time is, um, when details on the FBI's inquiry into Brett Kavanaugh Mm -hmm. became known. The Democrats had basically said, like, we want to report on how you handled the investigation, Mm -hmm. and um, they kept punting it, punting it, punting it, delay, delay, delay. So years later at this point, it's been like, two and a half years, maybe almost three years, um, they finally, the FBI finally released a report, um, and they said that it was basically most of the 4,500 tips that they received about Brett Kavanaugh, they just gave them to the Trump White House. 4,500. Like, and there were, they said that the four, like there were 4,500 tips received. A lot of them seemed, you know, like, they yeah it, a lot of them were credible or at least came from sources like people who went to Yale with like mm-hmm. um Deborah Ramirez I think her name was and Christine Blasey Ford wasn't even interviewed she wasn't interviewed they interviewed 10 people after those 4500 tips and um there were many more than 10 credible tips and Christine of course wasn't one of them uh, like not they couldn't what? even like pre- interview her and pretend to take her seriously like <sighs> jesus it just means, like, the details that showed up really show like, really displayed that this whole process, this FBI investigation, once again, which we knew, it was only a week, it was a, it was a week, and it was, remember Jeff Flake, like, that, mm-hmm. like, oh, So Flake. That, yeah, that, like, Such wet a, blanket of a he Republican. He is a piece of dandruff. Yeah. He's <laughs> Absolutely. 
Yeah, I mean, he was confronted by, like, sobbing rape survivors. They confronted him in an elevator. He couldn't get away fast enough. And apparently he was so rattled and it really made him reevaluate that he thought... Okay, well, my compromise is let's do a, a one-week FBI mm-hmm. investigation. That's how seriously we'll take this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One week for the ladies. And we'll give all the evidence that they collect, and we'll just give it to the Trump White House. Yeah, who who are incentivized to push this guy through. They mm-hmm. want him. They're pushing for him. Let's let them figure this out. Um <laughs> And the tip line that people were using, it was like literally the first time that the FBI had created that kind of tip line for a Supreme Court nominee. And then they're just like, mm, let's not, let's not do anything about it. We have this tip line, but like, mm, I'm good. Oh. Oh. <laughs> 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 Something's happening some, upstairs. Some bashing and banging upstairs. The adventures <laughs> Got of Got some Jeff Flake fans. <laughs> Oh, frankly, we are, side note for listeners, we are, um, we have a lovely, like, Airbnb mm-hmm. and great hosts. Great hosts. <laughs> great hosts. Great hosts. Don't tell us uh, um, But the lake, it's funny. There's a lot, like, I was driving here yesterday and really got the vibe that it's a Trump, it's a Trumpy area. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was looking out at the lake, enjoying the view this morning, and I noticed at least two Blue Lives Matter flags, and mm-hmm. it's just like, oh, that's such meaningless, threatening, upsetting signaling. Anyway, um, but that's that's just a note on kind a of sidebar. That's a sidebar. Yeah, we're like, oh, it's so beautiful here, and then we see all those flags. And we're like, oh, <laughs> where have we gone? Oh. We stay in our little area. <laughs> oh, but yeah, I don't. It's frustrating because, too, I feel like the the narrative around mm-hmm. this, when I was looking at different news, it was like, Democrats mm-hmm. pissed off about the handling, like, yeah. partisan, you know, partisan Democrats, yeah. like, throwing a tantrum. It's like, this is a completely valid reason to be upset. Yeah, it's like, I hate that there's this framing that, like, if... Democrats are upset about something, it's like this wild partisan thing. It's like... No, y'all, like, this is just, like, a very reasonable... It's not like Democrats are this, like, far-left progressive vibe right now, like, for the most part. Oh. No. Um, so, like, can we stop with that narrative? Because yeah. it's just kind of outrageous um, uh, <laughs> that we <laughs> had this guy have 4,500 tips <laughs> called in, many of them valid, and then it's like, you know who can investigate the credible ones? These corrupt goons. Yeah. <laughs> These motherfucking, like, cartoon villains. Um, they'll, they'll, they'll do it. They'll take care of it. It's been, it's been taken care of. It's been handled. No, 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 no. And it's like, yeah, allegations of, like, sexual misconduct and, um, mm-hmm. and assault and, like, sketchy things with his, like, debts, which, like, magically disappeared. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's just, like, we don't... And there's apparently no... Um, so And, like, Democrats, like, condemned it in a statement, but there's no... I haven't seen anything about any action that'll be taken, even. No. And people are like, oh, part of, you know, Democrats are mad. Dem- they're not even doing anything. No one's doing anything. Like, can we... Yeah. Can we now investigate these and then, like, maybe impeach the guy or something like that? Right. Um, or are we just going to be like, oh, that was bad. Naughty. 
naughty, naughty. Enjoy your lifetime seat while we. Oh, let's let's bring Roe v. Wade in front of you. Uh, let's let's talk about gun safety. Let's talk about voter protections. Um, you know, we've not not the time to have him on there. And if he really, if he wasn't fit to be on there, which is my personal two cents mm-hmm. over here, um, and we have credible information that was never accurately investigated, mm-hmm. it would, I would presume it would be ethical to investigate those now. However, I'm not a lawyer. I'm not Brett Cavicap. I'm not Squee. I don't. Or Tobin. No one ever talks about Tobin. <laughs> Tobin's getting off scot-free. <laughs> Squee-free. Squee-free. <laughs> um, it's just... So nothing's going to happen. And it's, and people also talk about... Just to circle back to, like, sexual assault mm. and violence. Like, people <laughs> love to be like, well, why are you bringing this up now? Or, like, why don't you come forward when it happened? Blah, blah, blah. It's like... The, the futility of coming forward so often because of shit like this. Right. Like... It, it just feels like a lose-lose for so many people, too. I'm, I certainly advocate for people coming forward when they're survivors of sexual violence. and But you can't get mad about it or question why when it's like 4,500 tips. And granted, some of them, they're not all about sexual violence. He's sketching a number of ways. Sketching many, many, many a ways. A whole tapestry of like fucked up in Brett Kavanaugh. Like, um, he was sketchy during the Bush years and, like, yeah. different. He was, he he worked, one of his, like, main mentors was this mm-hmm. guy, Kozlinski or something, who was a federal judge who had to resign around the Me Too era, but is now creeping back into everyone's, <sighs> because he, he had, like, a jokey listserv that he would send that was, quote, unquote, that had jokes that were, quote, unquote, off color. Oh. I was like, oh, well, we know that's, what that means. That's beautifully coded language. Yeah. And, you know, he... At some point, said like uh, he, anyway, he was a he was mm, yeah yeah and it, yeah. There's just a lot with and Kavanaugh also adding a layer of hypocrisy was also a part of the uh, he he was a part of the litigation um, against Clinton mm-hmm. um, during the Monica Lewinsky scandal um, and was part of the team that helped kind of grill Clinton and Monica Lewinsky with like in in like really like lascivious detail Mm -hmm. and so it's sort of like for him to get super pissy when people were asking about his drinking habits so angry about it with his little like alcoholic pink nose yeah so angry it's like men frame women as emotional and fail to recognize anger as an emotion yeah you know and sometimes there is righteous anger for sure but like the like toddler tantrum, fist pounding. Things are unfair because I'm being held accountable for something I did or something, you know? Yeah. Oh, he was such like his fucking demeanor alone on that trial, like, is not judicial. No. Not even Supreme Court. Like, don't get, don't put him on like a local circuit. Like, he's not, he's no. clearly not of the right character or um, caliber. No. To be like, he's out there like screaming and pounding and. Acting a fool, and not to mention all the shit that he did. It's like, in no way, shape, or form was he... Ugh. No! But then, and Trump's, like, bragged about pushing him through, and Trump's bragged about how he, like, would be nobody without him, which, like, might be true. Um, might be one of the times where Trump's correct there. Uh, yeah, I mean, he, literally, we he literally said in that Michael Wolf book, like, 
Where would he be without me? I saved his life. Yeah. Whoa. Woof, 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 woof. Woof. I also was reminded that I feel like not only was Kavanaugh's responses during the judiciary hearing so obvious of his guilt, it was mm-hmm. just so defensive and like pissy, like you say, tantrums. Um, tantrums from someone who is like feels it's very unfair that he be held accountable for his actions. Mm-hmm. Um, his wife behind him, I forgot that she, I forgot that it felt like the look in her eyes was like he did this. Yeah. <laughs> you know, she was just she I'm was just here. like defeated <laughs> and like he definitely did this. You know, yeah. his calendar basically corroborated the calendar, it. the calendar, the calendar, Beach the week. calendar. Oh my god, the calendar! Oh. oh my god, just and poor Christine Blasey Ford. Her lawyers have responded to this, saying it's ridiculous that this is you know this is how they handled all the tips. I mean, it was just if this is the way the FBI conducts investigations, like get rid of them and build a new law enforcement agency. Yeah, I do because, have questions mm-hmm. about the FBI. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many historical dramas, too, are, like, the FBI show up, and they're, like, they may as well be Voldemort. You're, like, oh, no. Yeah, like... <laughs> the FBI. Like, li- like literally theories that, like, um, MLK was, like, assassinated. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Um, like, Most recently brought up by Bo Burnham. <laughs> yeah, yes. And, like, legit, like, people are, like, oh, that's crazy. Because people just inherently trust these institutions. Um, I'm not saying the FBI did or didn't. I'm just saying there's a lot of smoke around there. People have said. There may be. People have told me. (laughs) But really, I mean, the history history that continues to come out as more cases have been... um, unsealed and as more distance grows between like I don't know like the civil rights era there I mean if you watch Judas and the Black Messiah is the one I'm thinking of most recently mm-hmm. there's just like the FBI just is sketchy as fuck <laughs> and um, I think I'm sure there are a lot of people that go in there to try to do the right thing but if the idea is that there's a Supreme Court justice he's being um, shoved through this confirmation hearing um, and processes are not being followed and as usual women are not being listened to heard they're not being given the respect of of a real process of justice and honestly this frustrates me because i've also talked to conservative relatives about this and it almost immediately there was revisionist history over kind of like how she came forward with this allegation Mm -hmm. and and the way that all of that unfurled she First of all, wasn't sure if she was going to do it, say anything. Mm-hmm. And then when she saw that he was on a short list, not even that he was a nominee, she was like, I'll just write a letter to mm-hmm. my representative and my senator. Her representative was a Democrat, I forget who, and then Senator Feinstein. Yeah. And Senator Feinstein is, I mean, we could spend a whole, she needs to retire. Ugh. There's a oh, lot of reporting man. that she, like, <laughs> there's a lot of reporting that she is... She is ha- she has some mm-hmm. form of dementia at this point, and her staff has a hard time keeping her on task. I mean, we will all remember the fact that she hugged Lindsey Graham and thanked him for a fair hearing uh. after Amy Coney Barrett, which was like uh. everyone was like, "You need to retire this instant." Yeah. She's eighty two, eighty actually no, she's eighty seven. Mm-hmm. She and Chuck Grassley are the same age, which is eighty seven. Yeah, which I I don't think it's ageist to say this is a sidebar like. When you reach a certain age, it feels like 87 is 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 too old mm-hmm. to have, like, I, you could have some sort of advisory role because your experience is valuable and your institutional knowledge, but 
between looking at you know the the, the output from Chuck mm-hmm. Grassley and from Diane Feinstein, I, it they do not have their finger on the pulse of anything that is going on in this country. <laughs> Like, yeah. not culturally, socially, economic. I mean, if you don't have a working understanding of the way that Facebook works, at this point, that should be kind of a bar. Like, if you don't know how Facebook makes money, like how that whole thing happened with that, that question with Zuckerberg. Like, how do you how do you make money? And he goes, he was like, Senator, we run ads. Yeah. We, we, we need senators who can not ask, not waste everyone's time right. with that question. And it's like, there are certain, like, there are plenty of older people who have their faculties totally intact, and you do, but it's also like a matter of like how long have you been in this role, mm-hmm. and like are you up to date on the shit that's going on? Because you could be eighty and know what's going on, and like be aware of Facebook and shit. But it's like if you're not, if you're not growing with the times, especially when you consider how skewed by age these representative bodies are, mm-hmm. it's like we need we need a mix of opinions, and we have a lot of old white opinions mm-hmm. and life experiences in there. Yeah, you're um, overrepresented. Let's yeah, just say. so maybe let's just like mix in some other people, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and if you're in a role like that, you should have general understanding of how things that are huge, like Facebook. I guess Facebook's dead now, but <laughs> <laughs> how TikTok works, yeah. whatever, <laughs> to an extent. Um, but yeah, n- neither here nor there. But I, I think you can be. You can be 87 and have your shit together. There's a wide array of, um, of, you know, places you can be at mentally at different ages. But, like, if you've been in that role that long, if you don't know what's, like, going on in, like, significant um, institutions in the country, like, maybe it's time to pass the old torture room. Yeah. You know? Maybe it's time to take up some, uh, some new hobs. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe so. Yeah, maybe Merrick Garland can, like, figure this out for us or something. The, um, maybe, Brett although... Kavanaugh stuff. <laughs> he has not been great recently. Uh, Everyone's failing us. The cavalry isn't coming. Me. Ugh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Anything else on Cavtonia before we, uh, uh, move to the, move to the We See um, just like fuck that guy, man. Yeah, fuck that guy. That's really, much my those are my the end of my <laughs> deep beginning thoughts. and end. Really, fuck that guy, but like don't fuck him, you know. <laughs> but don't. Yeah, he doesn't deserve intercourse. <laughs> he doesn't deserve it. He doesn't. It. I think he should be pun- he he can only jerk off wearing like a glove with spikes. Ugh. Yeah. No release. <laughs> co-sign that yeah that's our official recommendation mm-hmm. uh, to the courts is uh no release spice released yeah not that he's anywhere but fuck him man yeah yeah no. we're gonna have to deal with these consequences for the rest of our adult lives our kids are going to and i i feel like occasionally there will be new things that come to light about the kavanaugh hearings which at the time we knew were super unfair yeah. we knew that we knew that that was one of those like acute moments where it was just like the injustice happening in real time is is an overload it's an overload it's a bit much mm-hmm. it's a bit much oh well and now for we see you all right well this isn't uh it's not news that there was the insurrection what <laughs> happened but the testimony uh has begun and with that comes some new um some new details and republicans conservatives love to claim to be pro-police um 
although it's, it's interesting because only two Republicans were in favor of even doing an investigation into mm. the events of the January insurrection. Interesting. Interesting. Um, testimony began. Lots of new, awful bits of uh, of information. Um, Capitol Police Officer Harry Dunn, who is a black man, was called the N word repeatedly. Um, screamed out repeatedly, threatened, called the N-word by all kinds of people. Um, another uh, person who testified, um, Capitol Police Sergeant Gonell, suffered severe injuries, has been on leave for most of the time following the insurrection, said that that day, the day of the insurrection, continues to be a constant trauma for us literally every day. Um, D.C. police officer Daniel Hodges said an insurrectionist told him he was going to die on his knees Ugh. and that he and he was testifying about how he was bewildered seeing insurrectionists carrying Blue Lives Matter flags. <laughs> and he said, my perpetual confusion, I saw the thin blue line flag, a symbol of support for law enforcement more than once being carried by the terrorists as they ignored our commands and continued to assault us. Yeah, <laughs> is an interesting um an interesting thing there. Yeah. Um, and then Dunn, the officer I spoke about earlier, said that he only heard about the the violence that was coming from a friend who texted him. Wow. He said his chain of command did not tell us to prepare for that level of violence. And he, the first he heard to expect that was literally from a text from a friend. <sighs> um, and then the fourth um, witness to appear at the hearing today, Tuesday, Officer Michael Fanone, he suffered a heart attack, a traumatic brain injury that day. Rioters dragged him into the crowd, um, stole ammunition off his body, beat him with their fists and hard metal objects, and tased him again and again and again. Um, so, a reminder that we've had Ron Johnson, Republican, saying that the rioters are people that love this country. We had uh, Representative Andrew Clyde, another Republican, saying that the rioters, it was a normal tourist visit. Like, there are all these Republicans acting as if it was just, like, a right to protest, it was peaceful, or some people saying, like, it was, you know, people undercover who weren't really, like, Republicans. Um, but a lot of people acting like it was, maybe there were a couple rude people, but overall it was just, you know, it was just patriots. People were describing them as patriots. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I will... And with Michael Fanon's words, um, I feel like I went to hell and back to protect them, and too many in this room are now telling me that hell doesn't exist or hell actually wasn't that bad. The indifference shown to my colleagues is disgraceful. Mm. Um, I would agree that with that. So we see you to not only the insurrectionists, but to the Republicans who refuse to condemn it like they should and who didn't even want to have an investigation. Mm-hmm. Um, real, <laughs> real bold there with their like Blue Lives Matter fucking flags it's the height of hypocrisy it is if they if there was overwhelming overwhelming it's the perfect way for them to show us show us not tell us that they don't give a shit about police it's it's about how black lives don't matter you know it is not about how police lives matter because yeah. even that would already that was already hard enough to stomach because it was like oh my god all right for all the reasons we've talked about in other places but like this is an opportunity to say if you're a if you're an officer we believe that your your life your service matters and mm-hmm. and we should make sure that what happened at the capitol never happens again yeah but yeah of course oh god ah we see you
um, okay, so in the Washington Post a couple days ago, columnist uh, Gary Abernathy wrote this article um, where he basically just said, the, the, the title was Stop Insulting Trump Voters and uh, Their Concerns. Talk to them. And I tweeted, 2017 called and they want their hot take back. Mm-hmm. Because honestly... Absolutely, we see you to uh, Gary Abernathy and to the Washington Post and other places who continue to churn out this absolutely tired take about how America is not listening to Trump voters and their concerns. It's infuriating. It is not true. There have been studies that show over and over that the the in the wake of the 2016 election, not just anecdotally, when we've we all have had to deal with so many daily episodes, podcasts, NPR, all of these different like gentle explorations of why mm-hmm. people are racist. Is it about their economic insecurity? Why do they vote the way that they do? Mm-hmm. Why do they vote for someone who they wouldn't want? You know, they wouldn't want Trump to be around there, teach their sons or daughters how to speak. You know, mm-hmm. or or bully or insult veterans or rape women. You know, there's but why do they vote for that person? Um, why do they vote for someone who doesn't really care? about the country or says he cares about religion and then quotes the Corinthians wrong, like says it wrong. Um, No one care, you know, why, why basically like, why is America so bad in so many ways? Why are there so many people voting for such a, an awful person regularly? Why did he get more (laughs) anyway? Okay. So Gary Abernathy, he wrote this, he wrote this fucking opinion piece and I, I am so sick of this. And I, I, there was a great, um, sort of parody article in Slate, um, written a couple of days later by Matthew Desim, um, and uh, he posted it, he, he he said some really kind of like funny things, which I'll just read little snippets of, um, but uh, he, he cited a lot of different places where different notable articles where people said essentially like stop insulting Trump, Trump voters. Um, Matthew Jessam says, after all, the 2020 election is over and so is the violent attack on the Capitol, Trump incited in a futile attempt to cling cling to power. And even if people are still dropping like flies from the deadly pandemic, Trump catastrophically mismanaged, there's no reason to be rude. You wouldn't treat someone like a moral leopard just because they root for the Orioles instead of the Nationals. So why would you judge someone for handling the country, handing the country over to a pack of racist crooks who promptly got more than half a million Americans killed? Trump voters would prefer not to think about whether or not they bear any responsibility for the awful things done in their name by the people they explicitly told to go do awful things in their name. And it's important for those of us on the left side of the aisle to respect their culture. Anyway, I, 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 I try to understand this whole don't insult Trump voters thing because I have family that are Trump voters that are still Trump voters. I still y'all cool it. I know. (laughs) Like I still love those family members. It's like, it's a huge struggle. Um, but, uh, and I, and I do try to keep things civil. I think that there's, I think some relationships with some family members in a lot of American families are forever cooled Mm -hmm. forever, um, damaged because of this. But, Honestly, the take that the left mm-hmm. is uncivil is aye, aye, aye. is so unhelpful. It's so intellectually dishonest. It's so it's such a waste of resources and all it does is get, you know, first it helps the the left kind of eat itself basically. Yeah. Um and that is really not what we need when 
as we've talked about before, democracy is is literally like it is fraying. It's being held together by a piece of tape as, you know, as also we deal with the existential mm-hmm. crises. There are real issues that need to be solved. And I think there are ways to work together with Republicans on some issues, except that they continue to show they're not interested in that. They're only interested in obstruction of what the Democrats care about. Thank you, Mitch McConnell. So anyway, this is all to say I've absolutely had it, Michael Abernathy, and and everyone else who thinks, for whatever reason, cynical clickbait reasons, or because they think they're actually coming up with an original thought, that they're going to publish in a major, you know, newspaper, an opinion piece on being nice to Trump Trump survivors, to Trump voters. Um, I've I've had it. We see you. Yeah. Trump supporters can try being, like, thoughtful. Yeah. Um, What about being civil to us? Yeah, or like not just being like polite, but actually being like a good person and thinking about other people. Yeah. Um, anyway, civility is like not the way to go about any of this in terms of a conversation, like a, a real substantive conversation. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, moving over to some more bullshit. <laughs> Please um, do. In Huntington Beach, California, um, Basilico's Pasta y Vino, which sounded tasty until I read <laughs> what they've been up to. Mm-hmm. Um, they put a sign on their, they're an Italian restaurant, obviously. They put a sign on their door, um, notice proof of being unvaccinated required. We have, and there's like pictures of like a broken syringe, <laughs> very edgy. Wow. It says we have zero tolerance for treasonous anti-American stupidity. Thank you for pondering. Um, uh, apparently wow. they're not really... <laughs> trying to check vaccination status. Also, how do you prove someone's unvaccinated? Mm. Can't really do that. Um, just a trolly McTroll. Just a troll, troll, troll. <laughs> um, and they shared a... Uh, <laughs> the business shared a declaration and pledge of defiance. Um, wow. It's just... Uh... uh <laughs> So, I mean, it's not unbelievable, unfortunately. <laughs> I wish it were unbelievable, but I saw it was outraged and was like, yeah, that's someone out there is doing that. Mm. The idea that it's anti-American and stupid to be vaccinated is just <laughs> like so extra mm-hmm. bad, stupid, awful. I can't even, I, I can't even, mm-hmm. um, the, as we know, the, the vaccine helps protect people from dying of COVID and in turn makes them less likely to spread it to others. Although as these variants evolve, we'll see what happens there. But as of now, it's, I would consider it pretty, um, patriotic. People say I would die for this country. Or I would die for fellow Americans. But, like, you won't even get a little stabby stab. Mm. You get a little shoddy shoddy. Um, I think you're full of shit. And you're just, like, waving your flags and wearing your don't tread on me shirts and your boots. And acting like a big old man. When in reality, you're just a little dumbass baby who won't fucking do this, the, the least to protect other people. Because they want to feel special and smarter. And, like, mm, look at me. Mm-hmm. It's also just, like, business-wise, like, that. that's not smart. No, it's not a smart idea, and I feel no. like in a week we're gonna read like owner of Basilica's Pasta Vino like hospital. I like yeah, it's just like you're trying to be edgy. It's not edgy. It's just foolishness, selfishness, infantile. No offense to infants. Yeah, um, I, I just there's no. 
There's no reading of this where this is a good idea or like, oh, this will make people think. No. No. Um, it's not a it's not a great idea. I'm sure there will be some support drawn up from super. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I'm allergic. You. I'm allergic to the stupidity. Allergic to bullshit. I'm allergic to this bullshit. Um, I'm sure there will be some like anti-vax people who are like, yeah, fuck yeah, I'm gonna go eat my pasta there, yeah. Ugh. But overall, it's. I mean, one, it's like with the Republicans, like you want to kill your <laughs> your customers. Yeah. You want your base to literally die. It's like this is pretty much a place where it's like if you want to get COVID, you know, be a regular diner here. Yep. So anyway, it is um, so ignorant, so foolish, so just like borderline evil. Um, mm-hmm. People just people just want their pasta, man. Um, yeah. Without being called treasonous for choosing to do something that uh, helps protect them and the people around them. Mm-hmm. Um, very, very sad. Very weird. Very dumb. We see you to Basilico's pasta, you vino. Like, yeah. why? We see you. Why, child? Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah, we see you. Um, my new next we see you comes from um, a recent BuzzFeed news investigation about um, Olympic fencer Alan Hadzik, um, who is under investigation for sexual assault, um, but is allowed to compete in the Olympics. Hmm. Um, it's actually... It's wild for a number of reasons, but he the the investigation seems to be ongoing, and um, part of the and the team that sent that is investigating basically created a safety plan to keep him away from women at the Olympics. Huh. So yeah, the U.S. Center for Safe Sport they were supposed to be investigating these sexual abuse claims, um, and. Uh, the system doesn't work. I mean, the women, the the women who have uh, accused Alan Hadzik of sexual assault, um, say that this uh, this institution has failed them. Um, there are allegations coming from six six women, um, including two Olympic athletes. They wrote to the committee that Hadzik should not be allowed to represent the U.S. because he's under investigation for at least three accusations of sexual misconduct reported to the U.S. Center for Safe Sport. Um, his presence at the games, they said, was a direct affront to fellow athletes and put them at risk. And they talked about their grave concern. Um, anyway, two months later, this is according to the BuzzFeed investigation, Hadzik is one of 24 Olympic fencers in Tokyo. Um, and, uh, you know, this guy, he's a 29-year-old from Montclair, New Jersey, which is a super bougie, uh, bougie town right outside of New York. Um, and he, uh, the allegations seem pretty severe, um, and this, like, athletic, uh, this new nonprofit that was supposed to investigate this, they, their safety plan to keep him, um, they created a safety plan to keep him away from women, um, and to have him stay outside the Olympic Village. So he flew on a separate plane from all of his other teammates. He's staying at a hotel 30 minutes away from all the other athletes, and he won't be allowed to practice alongside women teammates. Um, and uh, it's kind of ridiculous that this is something that, first of all, his, his behavior was uh, seemed like an open secret. Um, he has... Uh, 
this seems like a deeply sourced article where there were lots of current and former fencers in the U.S., um, including officials um, who have been who are knowledgeable of the situations and have had some sort of have formally accused Hadzik of sexual misconduct. Um, and there are documents that BuzzFeed has that show a pattern of alleged sexual misconduct and violent behavior going back to 2010 when he was a first year student at Columbia University. Now, I also tweeted about this um, because I sort of thought, mm, this can't be the same Olympics that banned Shikari Richardson because she smoked weed after learning her birth mother passed away, can it? Could it? Could it? Could it? Um, so this is more to point out. It's a we see you to the safe sport nonprofit agency. It's a, it's a we see you to um, this U.S. fencer, Alan Hadzik. Um, but it's also, and, and, and also, by the way, this is like after the U.S., you know, USA gymnasts have the whole Larry Nasser situation. Mm-hmm. In the wake of that, you are really not going to pull someone who has over 30 allegations and mm-hmm. like, like dating back to 2010. So it's obviously a pattern of, of misconduct at a minimum. It's not weed, which was legal in the state where she smoked it too. Right. Legal in the state where she smoked it and, un, you know, not a performance enhancer. No. No. If anything, no. she was like kind of giving herself a, a yeah. something that was not going to necessarily... It's the opposite. I don't know why the word is not coming to me right now. Um, a handicap, maybe. Uh, but, yeah, there's no grace for Shikari Richardson, um, but there's apparently endless grace for this guy, Alan Hadzik, from uh, Montclair, New Jersey. Um, so to these people, we see you. We see you. Um, so we've got, we got Britney Spears, um, <laughs> living her life. Yeah. Um, on Instagram recently, she's posted a couple picture, a couple topless pics with her, her nips. Um, her nips are tastefully hidden. <laughs> Not that there's anything distasteful about nipples. Um, I've seen plenty of men. I've seen plenty of men's nipples plenty on of the men's internet. Nips. Everyday nips everywhere. Oh. But, um, pictures, you know, sexy photos with her boobs out, nips hidden, um, <laughs> Living her life as plenty of humans have done and will continue to do as long as there are photos and bo- or photos, uh, cameras and boobs. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the comments are supportive, like Paris Hilton saying that's hot, and lots of people being like, Yes, Brittany. But there are a ton of comments where it's people being like, We're trying to help you, this isn't helping yourself. Mm. Which, like, do you not understand free Britney means, like, she can do what she wants? Mm-hmm. And she's a grown woman. And it's her body. And she hasn't had control over herself. Um, and so I think it's fine and even healthy if she wants to post a sexy picture. Mm-hmm. Go nuts, Brit. Um, and people being like, you have children. You should be ashamed of yourself. Ew. Again, uh... she can do what she wants. There's nothing immoral about a sexy picture. Right. Who who is being hurt by this? Like, did her children not know that their mother has boobs? I don't know. Um, But it's just, it's so obnoxious. Some of the people who claim to be supportive of the Free Britney movement, but are like, but only on my terms. Mm -hmm. Like, I want you to be free in a way that I agree with. Like, do you not, like, hear yourselves, see the words that you're typing? Um, The whole point is... She can do what she wants. Mm-hmm. Um, she's not breaking any laws. She's not hurting anybody. Mm-hmm. She's literally 
a woman posting photos of her own body mm-hmm. in a way that she sees fit. So, um, if they could all just pipe down mm-hmm. and let her live, let her live, and either get behind <laughs> her or shut up, yeah, you know, or leave or leave the scene unfollow if you're so offended. Yeah, so offended by the fact that she has boobs. Um, Ugh. Get over yourselves. Let her live. Let her live. And if you want to get outraged about stuff, get outraged about, like, people who are actually, like, harming others. Mm-hmm. Um, and leave leave Brittany alone <laughs> for the last fucking time. For the last time. We see you, you Brittany shamers. Ugh, we see you. So frustrating. Oh, man. Okay. My last We See You comes from, um, you know, first a headline that I saw um, in Bloomberg uh, last week that Deutsche Bank uh, is is accused of turning a blind eye to a years-long Ponzi scheme that involved fraud in Florida costing (laughs) hundreds of millions of dollars. Bless you. Thank you. Apologies. (laughs) Oh, no need. Um, This was just frustrating to me, you know, because Deutsche Bank feels like it is just it is the bank that is underlying every sketchy thing mm-hmm. all these sketchy transactions with Trump sketchy connections to Justice Anthony Kennedy and Kavanaugh mm-hmm. there's like the threads of Deutsche Bank are really like their tendrils are in everything yeah um so this was just the latest thing and it doesn't seem to there doesn't seem to be too many details on it uh yet because also like Bloomberg has is like you know I'm not going to pay for Bloomberg news access and they had the most detailed <laughs> Uh, um, account of this and I'm locked out now because I am not paying so fuck you Bloomberg you can pay anyway Um, but they have a lot of different they have a lot of different scandals um, that I think are ongoing long term before the 2008 financial, financial crash I mean they are often cited um, for criminal activities, um, money laundering, transferring money for criminal activities, um, claims with the, uh, the claims came out in the Panama Papers investigation, um, which was in, in 2016, um, the laundering of Russian money. So um, in 2017, Deutsche Bank was fined a total of $630 million by U.S. and U.K. financial authorities for um, Russian money laundering. Um, They, uh, in 2015, were fined $2.5 billion by the U.S. and British authorities for a role in an interest rate scam between 2003 and 2007. um, Their subsidiary in London pled guilty to criminal wire fraud and accused of, after um, they were accused of fixing interest rates. um, And... uh, like multiple 29 employees were involved in that scam. Um, there was violations of U.S. economic sanctions. Again, I think 2015, um, Deutsche Bank agreed to uh, pay a large settlement with U.S. financial authorities. They were violating U.S. sanctions against uh, a bunch of countries, including Iran, Syria, Libya, and Sudan, um, conducting non-transparent transactions and had different non-transparent practices. 
carried out between 1999 and 2006, uh, practices that weren't allowed under U.S. laws, and they were obviously, and they were happy to conduct business with countries accused of financing terrorism. Mm. Yay! Um, They uh, had a bunch of different strategies to get around these sanctions, and they had to pay $258 million in settlements for that. Uh, sales of toxic securities leading up to the financial crisis. They Deutsche Bank was one of the um, the uh, banks that was a lender guilty of selling and pooling toxic financial products in the lead up to the 2007-2008 financial crisis. And the bank signed a 7.2 billion dollar settlement with the U.S. Department of Justice in 2017 after having been accused of having sold investors bad mortgage-backed securities between 2005-2007. So they and Loretta Lynch, uh, U.S. Attorney General at the time, said Deutsche Bank did not merely mislead investors, it contributed to an international financial crisis. And then, um, last but not least, at least on this list of the worst scandals happening with Deutsche Bank in the last few years, spying on its critics. In 2009, um, after an internal investigation, uh, Deutsche Bank admitted they had hired a detective agency to spy on people who were considered threatening for the bank including a shareholder, a journalist, and a member of the public. Just rant, just people they didn't like. Um, so uh, Deutsche Bank dismissed the employees they thought were involved in the spying. Um, and uh, yeah, that's that's that. So this is just, and, and this is all just like a quick summary of some of the worst, sketchiest, uh, scandalous behaviors. But... There's a lot of other research that has gone on into different um, d- different scandals. Um, Deutsche Bank has been has ba- been banking and given a ton of mil- hundreds of millions of dollars in loans to uh, to Trump over the years. Uh, Anthony Kennedy's son worked at Deutsche Bank. He's he's close with or he's he's socially friends at least at a minimum with. With Trump and his kids, um, and uh, there's just a lot of sketchiness going on. So anyway, whilst I don't have a whole lot of information on this most recent Ponzi scheme, I have no doubt that Deutsche Bank will do its ba- best to sweep it under the rug, fight it in, you know, fight it in in courts for years and years and years. So we we might not even know what exactly what happens for this in year you know for the next few years but um apparently this their um their sketchy behavior resulted in hundreds of millions of dollars um in investor losses and um in this most recent ponzi scheme so it's just a general we see you to deutsche bank for just being who you are (laughs) sketchy bitch we're doing you in the worst way we see you (laughs) You are seen. Um, uh, good thing. Shibidi badoo. Yeah. Uh, in the <laughs> amidst all the attacks on reproductive rights, mm-hmm. um, womp womp. <laughs> I'm here to celebrate any any little W, any yeah. win here. Um, so Illinois has become the eighth state to approve over the counter birth control. Um, which Yay. basically means that pharmacists in Illinois can now approve a full year of birth control without a doctor's prescription. Yay. So that is huge because, I mean, even if you're someone who's uh, anti-choice, if you want less abortions to happen, you know what people need is access to birth control. Yeah. 
Um, so this is a win for, for all of us across the board. Mm-hmm. Um, when people have control over their, uh, their own, their bodies and whether or not they are going to be producing children, mm. uh, it's a good thing. So yay to Illinois. Hopefully it'd be great if all 50 states could do this. Yeah. But, um, we'll see. I'm sure there'll be plenty of people who think something wrong with it i'm sure there's something wrong with it they um, always seem to activate you know this always seems to get people people have the time yeah to fight this stuff i don't want there to be abortions i don't want there to be birth control i don't want there to be sex education mm-hmm. okay honey great thank you so much okay so vasectomies for all then um, <laughs> mm-hmm. that's the only solution here um uh, but yes mm-hmm. over-the-counter birth control in illinois we like this we like this. We're fans. Mm-hmm. Bring it to the other uh, 42 states. Took me a second. 50 minus 8. <laughs> Just got it. It's been a day. We're, we did it. We did it. We got through this day. Boom, boom, boom. Boom. Ugh. Good. That is a good thing. Well, Feminist Without Mystique is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Find more podcasts you'll love at frolic.media slash podcasts. And we'll see you all maybe next week if not next week then the week after it's possible we're taking a week off tbd tbd we'll catch you on the flip side though (laughs) bye